Welcome to the Connection Podcast. I'm Jason Keister, the show's producer, here with hosts Drew Boreen and Lexi DeLuna. Let's get ready to connect with somebody new today. Welcome to the Connection Podcast. I'm Jason Keister here, and we've got a couple of special guest hosts. We just keep adding new people, which is awesome. First, we have Justin Edmire. Hello. And Levi Keister. Hey, I'm here for a full episode this time. Yeah. Nice. We'll see how that goes. So so we have Justin is, are you the looks or the brain? Uh, brain, for sure. Uh, Levi is definitely the wild card. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say that. <laughs> so brain, wild card, and then I guess that makes Josh the looks. Uh, I don't know. You have to ask Reagan. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. We have Josh Crook on the show today. Welcome, Josh Crook, everybody. Thanks, guys. Golf clap. We're we're all golf clapping right now. <laughs> Josh, what's the most exciting thing going on in your life right now? Uh, Reagan is about to have our third child. That's the most exciting Ooh, thing. That is exciting. Re- May. May May 4th <laughs> is the the no supposed due date. If she can May keep, the can, 4th? Yeah, May the 4th. If she can keep it together, then <clears throat> we'll have a baby on May the 4th. Do we already have a name picked out? I don't want to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, we do. Is it Star Wars related? Uh, unintentionally, yes. Oh, no. so awesome. we had we had this name. It's it's Ray Lynn. Yeah, we had this name picked out long before we figured out that oh, it like, was going to be like on Ray May the fourth. Yeah, from that's, episode. Yeah, yeah, not seven spell. Wouldn't but yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't like I don't like Ray, but yeah, uh, Ray Lynn's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. I feel like. We need to make this happen, though. Like, if if uh, it's looking like it's going to be close, we might have to just say, you know, doctor, you, you need to induce her today. D- yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Make it happen. I got really stuck on the May the 4th thing. <laughs> Our dog was born on May the 4th. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Did That's your dog nice. have a Star Wars name? He, he the, a his name. American Kennel Corporation or whatever they call it. Yeah. His, his name is Dog Vader. Oh, there you now. go. Okay. Yeah. Nice. That's terrifying. Yeah. It actually makes him more scary than he is, which he's pretty scary. <laughs> and if you're missing, go to May 5th, Cinco de Mayo. That's, that's a great time, too. That's the next best thing, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And birthday like, and drinking all, all <laughs> in the same. <laughs> all I the mean, same I was go. thinking tacos, but sure. <laughs> we'll go <with> tacos. <laughs> that's true. I mean, there there is that, but... Yeah, I think we really need to shoot for that date. And can you just uh, make sure and do that and we'll follow up? I mean, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do my best. It's not up to me. I can't even I can't even pick what she wants to eat right now. It's not even she's in charge of herself. Josh, how would you introduce yourself if you were coming into a new ward and people didn't know you? Uh normally I don't introduce myself. I just sit in the back and wait for somebody else to say hi. All right. Pretend the bishop, some hypothetical bishop. We'll call him Bishop Keister. Oh, okay. Asked um, you to give a talk. To give a talk? Oh, like, so, yeah. oh, okay. So, like, yeah, the standard, yeah. like, this person's new to the ward, come up here. Yeah, and who am I? Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my name's Josh. I'm married to Reagan. We met in Louisiana, had our first kid, Donovan, in Louisiana. Um, moved up here to follow my family and get free babysitting. Um, did you get the free babysitting for a very short amount of time? We did <laughs> until the rest of my siblings started having kids and then we got kicked out. <laughs> um, and then, uh, we had Gabriel, 
right at the beginning of of the whole COVID hospital thing. Um, that was pretty interesting. And now we're on our third kid. I just uh, randomly, yeah. I usually don't call out what's happening in our house, but we're recording in our house and I just saw somebody walk out of our closet. Oh yeah, that was your wife. And I'm kind of like, why was she in the closet? Anyway. Sure, you keep your boots and stuff, right? Yeah, I think she I'm be- I'm being a little bit of a wild card today too. That was a little. That was I'm a little being, wild. Yeah. I'm being told. I'm being told she wasn't in the closet. Okay. Oh, this this just in. She wasn't in the closet. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I work at NK Landscaping. Everybody here should know Alan Marchant. Yeah. It's best hey. job I've ever had. Just in case Alan Marchant's listening. <laughs> I know. Well, we know that Tina listens. Actually, one funny thing. Um is so we're on gosh we just added a podcast carrier too but we're we're at least on spotify apple podcasts and google podcasts and i get a report on everyone and we get like we've got like 200 something spotify listeners and you know 20 or 30 people on apple podcasts and then we have two people on google so it's like my personal report of what tina Marchin's doing because Tina's the only one I know that <laughs> listens to it on that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I didn't even know Google had podcasts. Yeah, so Tina listens and cool. Yeah. So favorite job ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I get to be outside. I've learned a whole lot. It's my my favorite so far. Better than Little Caesars, anyways. That's where that's where I moved. That's where I used to work. That is that is an upgrade for sure. It is a huge <laughs> upgrade, yeah. <laughs> But that's how that's that's pretty much it. That's all I all I'd say. Cool. Pretty what, simple. What uh what things have you learned from work? From work? Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Like drive with a trailer, back up a trailer. Still not very good at the second part. Uh it's tricky. Oh, it's yeah, it's annoying. Yeah. Um recently there's been been a bunch of pruning. Been on like a maintenance because of springtime and fall. Learned how to do the do a bunch of plants like irrigation. Uh uh most people have seen uh, Bishop Keister's backyard. We did his patio and and uh, and backyard remodel. So, um, hardscape. That's the biggest yeah. thing that I've learned. It's your work is really like cool. going to the gym. It is. By the way, speaking of hardscape, yeah. Um, like I remember when you were working on our project, and I kept thinking he must be like four percent body fat right now like a human muscle it felt it felt like it yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) the yeah the pavers didn't have to be that big but we made them that way yeah yeah Yeah. the block that your kitchen's made out of is insane (laughs) my least least favorite block to work with that was intentional oh i'm sure Yeah. yeah yeah i'm sure you're like i know josh and he can handle it which is ironic because I'm gonna I'm gonna use that same block for my house. <laughs> really? Yeah. For some of my stuff. I don't know why. Has it helped you to learn to better do projects around your own house? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like cause once you this is just my opinion, but once you learn how to like do a couple of I'd say not harder things, but just like things out of your comfort zone, for me. I'm more likely to try and figure out how to do other things like the way, the way I've been taught and stuff at work and what I do now, now I'm like, okay, I can, I'm okay with buying some tools and, you know, making a closet underneath the stairs, which is what I'm doing right now. Still don't know what I'm doing, but you know, the confidence behind learning something like that, a new skill definitely helps out. 
Sounds like there's like a, a momentum to it. Uh, de- yeah, yeah. It's the kick in the butt to get you started with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because there's been a couple of times where I've been been doing some stuff at work and I've never done it before. I was trenching with a, with one of our machines and um, Alan Marchant and Keith Marchant dropped me off with the trailer and the machine. They said, okay, this is what you do. They gave me like a 30 second tutorial and they said, good luck. And then they drove away. <laughs> And I was like, I had to figure, I was like, yeah, to figure this out. I got to have this done. By the, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I felt like I was driving with my dad again um, when I learned stick. Oh, it was so terrifying, but I had to have it done by the time he got back. You just figure it out. I, I hated learning to drive on a stick, oh. especially on a hill or something like that. Oh yeah. Wait, how old were you guys when you guys learned how to drive stick? Because uh, I might have you beat. I was like 14 or 15. Okay. I was, I was 16. Okay. Yeah. I was like 24. did you know at least know how to drive before that i know how to drive okay all right i just couldn't drive a stick Uh, i I didn't have to until i married my wife and she had a toyota corolla with a stick wait so hillary taught you to drive it yeah hillary taught me yeah that's cute although there were a couple times where i just got mad at her and i just went to my best friend's house and he taught me like he filled in the gaps (laughs) because i was just ticked off at her Anyway, that's a fun story. That's that is funny. <laughs> Wait, were you guys you guys were married at that point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'd been married for a year or two. Yeah. <laughs> what was it like when you just go up and you're do you, do you approach her and say, "Hillary, I need you to teach me to drive." Yeah, it was a little bit humiliating, honestly, because like you're a man and you're supposed to know stuff like that, and uh, I did not. <laughs> she was a couple steps ahead. Yeah, she was, <laughs> she was definitely way ahead. I have to admit, when I was learning to drive stick, Camille knew how as well. I mean, we weren't dating or anything. She was older than me. Uh, but uh, yeah, so same. <laughs> I just got yelled at by my dad in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear your dad yell. That'll be, that'll be cool. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how to drive anything. So, oh man, that's coming up. I think you up. drive your parents crazy. I think you're yeah. good at that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that topic though of learning how to do new things and then the momentum, like Justin said, that comes with that. The topic came up in our conversation with President Ogan too. And I had this thought of, you know, I, I think God wants us to be a generalist and to know how to do a variety of things. And I've had to even approaching 40 kind of reshape how I think about that because for years I thought specialize in something, make a bunch of money, pay other people to do things. And it it's, it's not satisfying. It, it actually, ironically, I, I think leads to you being more burned out, feeling less satisfied with life. I wanted to know your thought on that though. Unlike learning, you know, being like a jack of all trades as opposed yeah. to like a specialist in something. Mm-hmm. Um, there's that one phrase, this is actually, I'm pretty sure this is actually from a Joe Rogan podcast. It's funny you were just talking about this. The, the phrase, um, a jack of all trades is a master of none actually has more to it that a lot of people don't. I think it's a jack of all trades, um, is a master of none, but better than a master of one, I think is what it is. Oh, I can't remember. Somebody might have to fact check me on that. Um, so there's Sounds more, we don't, we don't have fact checkers yet. We don't have yeah. like a Jamie or anything like we, for like Joe Rogan. We need that. I, I mean, as long as it sounds good, it sounds yeah. good to me. It rhymes, yeah. right? Yeah. No, it's, I think I like that. Well, I mean, well, you know, we're taught at least, you know, 
maybe in Utah culture or Mormon, just like culture that, you know, you, the, how we explain how the universe is created and stuff and galaxies and priesthood is, you know, what we perceive is maybe like math or languages or whatever, however it all works. And so, um, there's no way that Jesus didn't know how to just create an earth without possibly, you know, he's got to know how to create everything. So I think, you know, he knows how, to, how he doesn't just know how to do one thing. He knows how to do a lot of things. I mean, just from his ministry on earth, you can tell he knew how to do a lot of things, talk to people, um, heal people, teach other people how to do the right thing, all that stuff. So I think, I think it's better to be well-rounded. Yeah. I think nothing against you. I mean, you probably know how to do a lot of things keister uh, um but you are spe- sometimes we need people that are specialized in yeah. one thing though I, th- I think so but uh for me it's it's made me think a lot about i need to learn how to fix my cabinets i need to know how to do other things around the house and it's it's not just because you know that's the the quote-unquote man thing to do i, I think that we need to be well-rounded like that i um, think another word is like self-sustaining yeah because yeah. there are people that that i go to work for that they, you know, I've worked for people and in, in A&K Landscaping, we've worked for some people and they they pay somebody to do everything else while they go to work. Not maybe because, you know, we're, we're giving them back their time, which is mm-hmm. super important. But some of the people I've worked for, like just like side jobs and stuff, they don't know how to do like some of the simplest things. And to become dependent on everybody else to do everything for you, I think that's dangerous. Yeah. I think becoming well-rounded is a good thing to do josh i got a question for you it's putting you on Shoot. the spot oh but i talked to your dad last week and i said what would you ask him about that he'll never bring up oh no <laughs> and so you were a gymnast i was for a very short period of time oh, excellent when i was a yeah. young young kid <laughs> nice it ended with me screaming and crying for 45 minutes because they wanted me to get on the, it was a pommel horse and they want to do the thing where you like swing around, you know, put, you know, swap hands, swing underneath your arms and stuff. And I screamed and cried and finally my mom just said, nah, and grabbed my, grabbed me by my hand and dragged me out. And that was it. Wait, how old were you at that point? Uh, I was still, I'd probably have to say six to eight, something like that. I was pretty young. Oh, man. Okay. It was you rough. Reject, you rejected the horse and they rejected you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they were having me like, they were having people like swing off of bars, like do backflips like my second week from what I remember. Wow. It was terrifying. And this was at a oh, young, this was at a young age. Jimmy Very young. Yeah. Yeah. That it was terrifying. Miserable. <laughs> so was this, was this something you were interested in or did your parents have the idea or? Uh, I think my parents had the idea. The teacher there was some gymnast that was popular from russia coached a lot of people volunteered his time or something like that they ended up putting me in soccer instead yeah i was gonna say you were athletic and soccer was a thing for you for quite a a long time no oh yeah 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 after after that um all i did was soccer after that did you play in high school yep all through high school i went back and coached a little bit afterwards tell us a little bit about your high school career um it was okay no, it was high school in the South where everybody likes football. So <laughs> we didn't really yeah. get a whole lot of praise or fame or anything. You know, we made it to playoffs, you know, a couple times, made it to second or third round, but that was it. So what position or positions did you play? So I was center back. Okay. Um, I was the person right in front of the goalkeeper. 
um, which is very odd because I'm only like five, six. And most of the time a center back is like over six foot. And so, but I was really good at it. I don't know. Jump really high or (laughs) no, I couldn't jump really high. I think it's because the players that were coming at me couldn't see me. Because I was so short and they were so much taller than I was. And so I'd sneak oh, up yeah. on them. That's how we do Sneaky our, defense. That's how we do our tailbacks for our right. um, football team. You do that. We do you? all the short people so they can just sneak by all the. Can't <laughs> see me. Can't see me. It's got its advantages. Yeah. Why do they usually put a tall guy just so they can hit it out of there? Yeah. On a cross yeah, you, or yeah, something? You, you, oh. Because if there's like a corner kick or somebody tries to pass the ball over, you can jump and uh, head it okay, out. Okay. Or gotcha. you know, you're just, you just, your limbs are longer. You can defend better. Yeah. But I was. I had high energy, I guess. So high energy is put you on a wing so you can run more. I was I was uh, not very good at uh scoring goals. That was my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I was really good at taking stuff from other yeah. people, but oh, not so sounds bad like the, at it. Sounds not, like they used so your talents. At, yeah. <laughs> my coach knew what he was doing. Yeah. I didn't. So you went back and coached for a little while? Just for a little bit, yeah. Like um, a year. Was this high school or where? High school. Yeah, just the high school. Yeah, that was my my phase of I don't know what I'm doing in life. So I went through one of those. Yeah. Is that right after high school or uh that- pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep, right after my mission. So well. Did you learn any uh valuable uh lessons or anything about like giving advice to the younger generation? Um yeah, and it's something I'm still learning. It's patience. Teaching, conveying some breaking down the information that you have had in your head that's become so natural and then trying to convey it to somebody who still can't like operate their limbs well enough because they're a gangly 15 year old (laughs) is super difficult. And so you have to like go backwards in time and break all the stuff down so that you can be like, Hey, don't forget, you know, that you have to go right back to the basics and it's super difficult. And right now I'm trying to do that with my kids and it's, it's easier with my children because I can discipline them. It was harder with high school kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's the, it's, it's really, it's one thing that I think as a parent, you have to remember too, at least from, you know, my very limited experience. I can already hear all the old people in our ward. <laughs> oh, you're not that old. Uh, uh, uh. But you just have to go back and remember, you know, you used to not know everything as well. And so don't get mad at your kids. That's good advice. Yeah, I think that's great advice for anybody that is going to teach anything. Yeah. yeah. I like that. That's good advice. I like how Kevin Durfee puts it. He he says, I I might not be as smart as you, but I can teach you about whatever thing. Mm, yeah. Um, which I feel that way sometimes, you know. Um, all right. We've been I've been talking enough. Justin uh or Levi, do you guys have questions you want to jump into here? Uh, let's hear about the Reagan and Josh Oregon story. Okay, so we've told a lot of people this, um, but I can give the 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 quicker version. Reagan and I, when we both, we both, blah, we both lived in uh, Louisiana, she was in a town like twenty minutes away. We were both working at a, fr- a re- franchise restaurant, uh, Raising Cane. Some people know Raising Cane. Oh, I've been Raising Cane's. So I only started working there because you get 50% off if you're an employee on the meals. Yeah. And so I was working at a restaurant. She was becoming a manager at a different restaurant. When they train, they send you 
um, to a different restaurant to get out of your friend zone area so yeah. that you can like actually learn how to how to run the store and uh apparently she liked me which is funny yeah because you she got out of the friend zone yeah exactly <laughs> so she actually she actually would put me in positions in the kitchen or pretty much wherever um because she had to swap and rotate herself so she could learn all the aspects of the store. And she would put me in every position when she was being transferred to another position. Oh, she and abused so, so her she managerial was, power. She was, yeah, she was, she was using her. Yeah. And she wait, she waited until I didn't pick up on any of this, by the way. Like I, I had no, I didn't really like her like at all. And so she, she talked, she just, just was like hitting on me so hard. I was not, not paying attention. I still don't know how I missed it. Um, and then, uh, she waited until after we, after she was done training and then she hung, we hung out a couple of times and then we just didn't see each other for like two years. <laughs> I didn't know it was that long. Yeah. Two years is a while. I had a vacation in between there. Yeah. So, um, yes, yeah, so we didn't talk. And then one day I texted her, I was like, oh, you want to hang out? And then I realized, oh, she really, really likes me like a lot, even with all my baggage. And then next thing you know, you know, shotgun wedding, <laughs> crank it up to a hundred. We got, we got married pretty fast and mm-hmm. then had Donovan all within like six months to a year. Wow. But one, the o- the only thing that I can say about the origin story that is like my, my thing that I, I remember and I like the most is one of, I was asking one of my really good friends that I was living with at the time. I asked her, um, I said, how do you know when you're supposed to marry somebody? Because Reagan was giving off like put a ring on my finger vibes, like huge. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do this. I'm not, I don't, I'm I don't know what I'm doing at all. And uh she uh my friend said that you you know that they're the one when they feel like um your most comfortable pair of jeans you put on or pants or whatever. Like what's that? What's that one pair of pants or one article of clothing you put on? You're like that's comfortable. I'm wearing like, it right now. Exactly, sweatpants pants. and a hoodie. Yeah. What do you? What do you? <laughs> what do you put on? What is the? What's your go-to article of clothing after you get home yeah. from church for nap time? That's a great metaphor. I it like, is. It was. Yeah. So, and that's when I was like, I'm super comfortable around her. I'll talk to her about whatever she. We. I was like, okay. And then a week later, I proposed. So that's our origin story. We met at a fast food restaurant. <laughs> Raising Cane's. That's really cool. Raising Cane's is amazing, though. Can yeah, we, yeah. like, campaign to get that here? Or? Yeah, we'll yeah. put it. I, I would like him. That's a I would super either like that thing. or Zaxby's. Those would be the two. I so would. Chick, Chick-fil-A is coming. Chick-fil-A is all right. It's um, good. But it's Temple, Chick-fil-A, and then Cane's. They generally tend to follow each other. Really? Yeah. Oh. So I don't think it's too far away. By the way, I got rejected to... Own oh, the Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I applied for it. Chick-fil-A. Oh, really? Yeah. That's because you didn't want to manage the restaurant. You wanted to do your job and, right? I was secretly okay with <laughs> quitting my job, but it would have been it would have been cool. I remember you got to the part where they were going to call you and then they never... They they, no, up. they did call me. They did? Yeah. I told them I still wanted to be a doctor and they said, all right, well, uh, we have a lot of good candidates and uh, you won't be you. hearing from us. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's cool. That's exciting, actually. Um, Well, all right. We got a Levi question. Justin, what do do you want to go into? I feel like I'm at a job interview. Is this normal? 
Oh yeah, where this is high pressure. Oh, speak, speaking of high pressure, um, you wrote that your favorite color is blue. Oh yeah. Can you can you elaborate, please? That's the question you're gonna ask. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're gonna go to the real deep questions here. I picked blue when I was a kid and just stuck with it. Huh. I, don't, I don't enjoy change a whole lot. Oh, interesting. So you would say you're loyal. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> okay. Would you say you're strong and true as well? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Nobody, nobody in this room knows what I'm talking about. But uh, I just figured, blah blah blah, BYU. <laughs> I'm gonna stay as far away. I'm gonna stay as far away from the BYU Utah State topic. We're gonna stay. I'm wearing far away like Oregon sweats and a bright yellow Oregon hoodie to antagonize him back. So <laughs> I don't pay attention to sports that much. So sorry. No. Um, okay. That that was fantastic, by the way. But. Um, you mentioned that your favorite calling you've held in the church is being a Sunday school teacher, which um, you've been our gospel doctrine teacher That's for pretty... how long now? It's been a, a year? Almost. Almost a year? Uh, Yeah, probably. Yeah, nine months probably. Okay. It's also one of the only callings I've held for an extended period of time. <laughs> yeah. What do you What do you like about it? Um, well, I like the... I like teaching... I'm not super good at it and it makes me really nervous and anxious, but I do enjoy it once I finally get to talk because I like, I, the main reason I like it is because of the new come follow me format that they did where it was, you don't stand up and lecture. Cause I've never really enjoyed just lecturing because me myself, I totally zone out. Yeah. And so the come follow me thing where you know, is telling everybody that you should be engaging everybody else mm-hmm. and you should, you know, sit there, wait for a couple minutes and gain everybody else's insight and you sh- and it everybody else has already studied it so you're not trying to teach anybody you you are a teacher your call is a teacher but it's you know you're kind of closer to a facilitator of sorts you're just guiding you know everybody else from their previous scripture study on what their different points of view were from the previous and i like that way mm-hmm. more than just lecturing cuz i don't know i think it brings more like humble type of thing into teaching instead of being like, I'm the teacher. I know it. Take my doctor. And it's, yeah, you know, yeah. what does, what do the scriptures say? What does the, what do the prophets say about what we're supposed to be learning right now? Yeah. I like that. And brings more camaraderie in the ward too. Oh yeah. Can, everybody can share what they need and mm-hmm. want. And yeah, I like that too. It's a little bit less serious too. I always mm-hmm. hated how like Sunday school and stuff was like, oh, it's like a, Funeral home. It was so yeah, so awkward. <laughs> that was true, actually. I and, formal. Yeah, yeah super that. formal. Yeah. And I, and it, you know, I, you know, we still start with a prayer. I, I enjoy keeping it, you know, somewhat formal because it's you know we're still talking about the gospel and stuff. But you know, it's nice to have you know a joke or several or the whole thing be joke or at least everybody laugh a little bit. You know, because it's it gets warm in that relief side room. It gets hot. Yeah, everybody. I see people nodding off sometimes. I'm like, huh. yeah, I need to be a little bit more exciting. We're studying the New Testament this year, um, and you, you're doing your home study anyway, but yeah, I imagine you do a lot of prep for uh, teaching the class or facilitating as well. What has got you excited or you know jacked up about the New Testament this year? Well, I started off in the Old Testament when I yeah. first got the calling, and I started off in uh, – what, what book is it in the Old Testament that everybody – I just started in the Old Testament. 
Ooh. It was awful. I mean, were you in Isaiah? Yeah, I'm I was in to, Isaiah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's where I started. Isaiah's tough. Yeah, and it was, and I'm, I'm. That was intentional, by the way. I, I was figured like, it was. Welcome. Here <laughs> <Yeah>. you go. <laughs> you get to teach Isaiah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. It's, it's, it was cool. It was all right. It. So I start off in Isaiah. That stank a little bit because I also, <laughs> I also haven't been like consistently reading or studying for you know a long time, like seven plus years, and so whatever my dad drilled in my head, I forgot. And so all the cool little tidbits, uh, nope, gone. They went, they went, they, I dumped those a long time ago. So I love New Testament because everybody knows it. Everybody does. So if we have a investigator or anything like that, anybody shows up, even some of the people that don't attend very often, everybody knows New Testament. And I like it. There's the parables. That's one of my favorite things because there's multiple layers. I like that aspect of it, too, is that everybody can relate because they've heard those stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. I I also, I just see you teaching class and you're like, you're sitting on the table, you're super, seem to be super relaxed and you're cracking jokes and uh, you tell me that you're nervous and I'm like, how, what? <laughs> but you do feel nervous. Oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah. yeah. Um. What do you what do you do to prepare and get ready when you do feel anxious about, you know, teaching a class or doing something else like that? Uh, uh, preparation, honestly, because I'm going to feel nervous no matter what. So the only way for me to not feel nervous is to have lots of preparation beforehand. And then. If I ever do get nervous, you just look at the notes and yeah. be like, that's that's really that's all. And I obviously, know there's the 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 prayer you say every five seconds right before you start that's, yeah. that's generally what i i panic 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 and then i <laughs> then i start teaching and i'm fine because i'm like i did all this but it's the it's just the having a lot of preparation i think it's good for other people to hear because you know you see somebody like you and you just assume you have it all put together and you know what you're doing you're natural and it doesn't feel that way inside sometimes oh yeah you know? definitely not um i wanted to go into uh, the story of your repentance. And um, I know that was another thing we had uh, a story we wanted to talk about sometime. Do you, uh, where do you want me to start? Is it where there's like, there's like the super long epic version or there's like the currently what's happening now or I I like, I'd like the epic version. If, if we're going to get one take, can One take. It? Everybody can hear it and I don't have to say it again. Yeah. Okay. Can we do the epic? <laughs> That's fine. Um, so I went through, everybody knows my dad what is a CES coordinator. Not everybody. Most people do know. But he was also a seminary teacher back in Idaho. And so that was his life. Nothing wrong with that. It's fantastic. But we, like everything that I learned was Jesus and the gospel from like day one. And yeah, it I mean, was just part of my life and it was awesome. But then, you know, everybody goes through their, I'd say mid teenage life crisis, you know, the emo stage, I guess you could call it. I don't know. The and rebellious you just, stage. It was an yeah. emo stage when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> early 2000s, whatever yeah. that is. Um, and uh, I just started to, I went on a mission because that's what you're supposed to do. Um, or at least that's what I felt like it, you know, just part of the part of the culture, maybe. And I ended up coming home early. I was out for about seven and a half, eight months. Um, and I realized about probably about six and a half months in, I realized I was like, I am 
not fit to be out on a mission. I cannot continue to teach. There's no way without me figuring out stuff on my end first. And so then I, I came home and, uh, and then just went to go and figure my everything out. And in the process of that, I ended up just getting further and further away from the church. And, uh, um, it's been about seven years. It it was about seven plus years. Um, uh, and the thing that actually brought me back was when Reagan and I were dating initially. And one day I looked at her and I said, do you want to come to church with me? Even though I haven't been in like a year. And she said, sure, why not? So I brought her to church and then she really liked it. And she was the golden investigator. And I was like, shoot, I have to, <laughs> I have to go back to church now because she was all about it. Like gung ho, like was reading all the stuff by herself, like was wanting to get baptized uh-huh. a weekend. Was that her first ex- uh, experience at the church? First experience. So you a- introduced her to the church. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. The other thing I liked about that story is it, how you've told it to me before is that it wasn't the greatest sacrament meeting oh, no. at least quality <laughs> no it was either. it was in a little branch because this is in louisiana and so it was a little branch in a town called farmerville it's where people yeah. go to die it's just an old retirement town and it was like the entire including kids if there were any was like 12 people that was the entire ward or branch and so it was a fast sunday with 12 really old people and we sang if you could hide a collab no joke. And it was so, I was like, oh my goodness. This so is everything, so bad. like if you had things that you would say that can't happen, yeah. You, yeah, you yep. would take it off. Yeah. And then I don't even, I don't even remember the rest of the day because I was so nervous. I was like, yeah. this is, I, she doesn't know what's going on. Uh, she's Methodist. And so she's, she was raised Methodist by her grandparents. So she kind of knew, you know, sacrament and some of the ba- more basic doctrine, Old Testament, New Testament stuff. But, once she started going, coming and, and going to church and wanting to and talking to the missionaries, I was like, I got I to gotta fix this. Yeah. And then we got then we uh, got pregnant with Donovan, and that's when I really started. I was like, I got to fix everything. I got to totally come back. Um, and so I started going through the process when we moved here. And just recently, this past, it's almost been a year. I'm almost at my year mark now. I think it was in last June. You're almost um, at your year yeah, mark. Yeah, almost there. I'm getting close. Last June, I got rebaptized again. And that was, that was awesome. That was a lot of, a lot of work. Mm-hmm. On, I'd say a lot of work on my end, but I feel like it was possibly more work on my family and Reagan because they didn't want to make me angry. So they wouldn't like push me they'd just be like mention it randomly like oh yeah you know you want to get baptized soon and i just clam up i'm like i'm i don't know (laughs) so i think it was more work on their part yeah um because they were super super patient with me um but yeah so that's that's the condensed epic version yeah okay without without a lot of extra details yeah yeah and uh i wanted to go back to when you invite reagan because it has been about a year or so at that point since you've been to church. What do you think prompted you to do that? I'm I'm wondering what was on your mind at that point. So we were actually in my we were in my house. She was done working and we were just hanging out watching movies and she I still I to this to this day I still don't know why I said it. I don't even remember saying it. It's one of those weird like cliche Mormon moments where you're like 
it was like a gift of tongues moment or whatever you would call it. I, I don't even remember having a thought about inviting her. I don't think it was. I think uh, I think somebody up in heaven got impatient with me <laughs> and made me made me say it. Not really, but it just it was it was definitely a prompting. Um, and I just I just asked her out of nowhere. That's cool. It was definitely more of a prompting than an idea that I had. Yeah, I I totally believe that. You know. Yeah. Um, Where'd you serve your mission? Uh, Southern California. So it was the the San Bernardino mission. Oh, I got family that lives there. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they get shot yet? No. Okay, almost. <laughs> um. Uh. But before I could get to the MTC they changed it to the Redlands mission. So my plaque and all my oh, mission papers say San yeah. Bernardino mission. So um, it was, it's really, really, it's close to everything. It's like 45 minutes away from the beach. It's like, four, I was in like Fontana. I don't know if you know where that is, Justin. I've heard of it. I've it's driven close. through it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little, little town, kind of like Springfield, a little bit smaller. Um, and uh, 45 minutes from the border, from Disneyland. It was like, like yeah. a good spot for like very well-off rich people (laughs) yeah yeah so it was hot i got sunburned my first day i was on bike my whole mission yeah um my gosh because with the whole seven months that i was out there um because i was part of the first group of 18 year olds that went out so there were so many sisters that were going out yeah and it was so hot in california they gave all of the cars to the sisters and the zone leaders and so then the extra which was me, the newbies, we all were just given bikes and they were like, don't die. Go ride your bikes everywhere. Yeah. And you didn't die. No, and now I love biking. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> what the? What year was that? I graduated, it was 2014. I graduated high school in 2013. So oh, okay. I, I left like right after high school pretty much. Oh, okay, gotcha. My okay. senior present that my parents gave me was a, uh, um, a luggage set that they got from like seagull book or something they were like see you later (laughs) here's your luggage get out (laughs) no uh, no implied message there huh no yeah Uh, yeah, all my friends were getting dirt bikes and cars and macbooks and stuff i got a discounted set of luggage it was great i still have it it's in my house right now (laughs) i'll have to see that that's a nice little relic there um Given how you grew up, because I, I think your dad's been a church employee for a long time, too. Right? Very long time. Yeah. Um, so it's a little different family life than some of us have grown up with, even if we grew up in the church. Um, when you do come home early from your mission, just where's your head at? What What is, um, I don't know, What I imagine it's it's tough for anybody, but especially given kind of the context you grew up in. Right. I I was pretty okay coming home just because my mom and dad, when they picked me up from the airport, they were, I could tell they were, they didn't really care. They were, they were there to help. Yeah. They, 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 there was no judgment on their faces at all. They were pretty willing to, I mean, you know, a couple of days later they were like, Hey, get a job, figure your life out. Like, let's get going. And I was like, Oh, you know, the, the, then it turned into tough love, which was good as well. Um, I was more worried about the rest of the war that I was in society and yeah, just the, yeah, the, the culture that was there. I remember somebody came to visit like the day after I got back. Um, 
and she she walked in and I like ran upstairs. I was like, I am yeah. not ready to see anybody. And it wasn't a person I like knew real well either. And uh I was just like, I can't deal with that. Um but I still went to church after that. It was it was really difficult because I was super nervous. And even and the crazy thing was, even with all of the like unconditional love that everybody kind of, you know, put out, I still felt really almost ostracized i bet it can feel that way it's it's like we love you and we don't judge you but yeah because nobody knew why and they would always come up they you know they'd walk up to me like oh my brother he came home early from his mission so it's okay and i'm like yeah but no you know you still feel still feel it's almost like you know if you were to go to harvard or a fancy college somewhere and then be like yeah i'm not cut out for that you know there is money that people put into my mission my family um, all that stuff. Um, people from my ward had just seen me, you know, six months earlier. It was, I wouldn't say embarrassing. It was just, you know, I feel like I let down a lot of people. Yeah. So what was the repentance process like and when it started and, um, you know, who helped you along the way? I, I know even when you were rebaptized, you had a friend come up and do that. And so uh, yeah. I know there were some important people way back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. I know the repentance process is pretty. I'm not. I would say. I guess I would say streamlined. You know, there's the steps. The church has got it pretty streamlined out. <laughs> um, but it is a process that everybody does a little different. Um, some people take forever. Some people don't do it. I wanted to from day one. I just didn't. Feel like I was. It's one of the tactics of of Satan. I didn't feel like I I could. I didn't feel like I was able. Yeah. I felt like I needed to. And this changed multiple times over the years. I just felt like you know I I don't. I've done too much not okay stuff that I think I need time to figure it out myself. Which is super backwards because I mean you should just be able to get right into it. <laughs> um, but it was just an internal internal battle that I just waged for probably three or four years before I even started thinking about it, yeah. like seriously actually taking the steps to it. I was nervous about asking for help too, because then there's the whole process of, you know, repeating it over like the story over and over again. Like this yeah. is what I did, you know, the whole confession part, which is a huge thing But in the 12 step program. You know, the, one of the, the first steps is, you know, admit you messed up. Um, and and figure out what you're going to do after that and admitting that i messed up was really tough and plus the list kept on getting longer and longer because i wasn't actively trying to get back on track and so every time i'd mess up or do anything you know i was like oh shoot you know i know that that's not okay so now i have to add that to the list of things that i have to go tell my bishop and it just kept on adding up and up and up and that was really tough and finally honestly just had to i just had to grip my teeth and be like that's it i'm done i can't it, I'm gonna. I could do this for the rest of my life, and totally just mess it up, um, or I could just cut it cold turkey right now and just get it over with, rip the bandaid off, and just start brand new all over again. I don't know if you got anything out of that. That's how. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of good stuff in there. A lot to unpack. Um, like um, there's you felt like there's a like a weight to each thing that you did that you knew you shouldn't. Yeah. And that you wanted to offload that, mm-hmm. but felt 
unsure of how to do it maybe or how do you describe that yeah unsure and nervous about asking for help you know last thing most of the time the last thing you want to do is have somebody show up and be like i need help i'm gonna unload all of my stuff on top of you and i need you to then help me out of that mess Mm -hmm. a lot of people i i have a lot of friends or i had a lot of friends but none of them weren't gonna we're gonna you know, carry my burdens or my addictions or whatever. None, none of them were going to do that. I had a couple really good friends, which are the ones that came out on top yeah. um, uh, between Reagan and my bishop and the other bishop that came and uh, traveled up here to baptize me. You know, those are like the three core people in my family. Um, yeah, it's it's just difficult to ask for help and kind of embarrassing when you make a list of things that you did wrong. And then telling somebody about that, especially if they might not have gone through some of the same stuff. Sometimes you're like, I don't feel like you're going to empathize with me on this. And so also my brain just overthinking everything. Just, you know, I work myself up and then back off. (laughs) What would you, um, what would you tell leaders right now that are trying to help people back in to the church? What would make it easier for you? Because it's so fresh and that the church has changed a couple there stances on stuff, at least from what I've heard from the stake president um, between President Ennis and President Fuller, is that the excommunication process is is necessary, you know, up up to a point. They've changed a little bit, but the welcoming back um, process is so much better because it's to come, instead of to come back to church, you have to, and then give them a bullet point list. Instead, just be like, come back to church, like zero pressure. Yeah. And because like I said earlier, at least for me, it it's, it's a personal, I sound kind of hippie saying it, it's a personal journey. You kind of have to figure it out. Yeah. No, so that's just, true. Yeah. Like don't, it, I'm not going to say don't, you know, it's some, for me, it helped when, when, when the leaders were like, you know, you have to do these things, but just hang out with us, just come back to church and just be back in the come to church because the church is for people specifically like you, um, that are wanting to improve their lives. You're definitely right about that. And I think growing up, I always felt like terrified to talk to the Bishop because you almost had this feeling of they're the spiritual parole officer. And Oh yeah. When you talk to him, you'll get your sentence of how mm-hmm. long you can't take the sacrament. And yeah. And I, you're really on the right track of what the area leadership has been telling us. And the, the general authorities for a while is don't necessarily set, you know, dates or, or limits on specific time frame of when somebody can take the sacrament, when they can go to the temple. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain circumstances where there are uh, oh, limits yeah. and, and it, it makes sense and there's a reason why they're there. But uh, for a lot of people, it's more you're there to um, maybe be a guide or a mm-hmm. repentance coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, and once you get in the, you know, come back to church and just and just the open ended, you know, just come back initially, it all snowballs after that when it then then all the dates and all that stuff it, it's not so intimidating because you're like you know it, it's not coming fast enough and so once you get past the whole initial like okay you know we're not mad at you you know it's yeah. okay you're fine <laughs> we're not gonna burn you at the stake or anything it's you know just come back and and if people judge you for whatever then whatever but it's this is about you and just figure it out and then it all snowballs into um it's not happening fast enough so instead of dreading it 
Yeah. So yeah, that's good. What important life skills do you think you've learned from your situation? Like my repentance situation? Yes. Or the situation where I have two kids and one on the way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, it's, it's, it's a little cliche, but the, the, there's, there's two things. It's, it's patience, but not in patience. And like, sometimes the things around you, it's this patience in your, in like for you, because sometimes you want to just go nuts on something, but you have to calm down and be patient and wait until, you know, you're really actually ready for it sometimes. And then Oh, I can't remember the other thing I was going to say. We're just going to stick with the patience thing. Patient, patience with yourself, with with just yourself. Because you can be patient with other people all day long, but if you're never patient with yourself by the end of the day, you know, it's what Jordan Peterson says sometimes. You, know, you have to clean your room first before you can clean other people's rooms. Take care of your, take care of you and be patient with yourself. And that will help you help other people. What is it for the, for the airplanes and stuff, you know, put your oxygen mask yeah. on before you, and then help your before kid or the, you you know. help someone else. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've had, I've had that same kind of realization myself. Like yeah. I'll, I'll be super critical and, and harsh on myself, like more than I would be to any of my friends. Right. And I think a lot of times like hate health behavioral uh, scientists, they've all said like, no, you need to, you need to treat yourself like a friend too. Like mm, you're not yeah. the exception. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that's, that's true. Yeah. Patience with yourself, just like you would anybody else. Yep. Yeah. I, th- I think I was just going over the scriptural mastery where one of them is, you know, just, we're learning about the great commandment, right? Love God. And then, and then the second is like to unto it. Right. Uh, you know, love others. Um, and, uh, I, I think that applies to ourselves too. And we, we don't apply it that way, but I think Jesus is also sitting there saying, be nice to my friend, Justin, <laughs> you know? Yeah. He's saying that to me. <laughs> hey, Justin, be nice to Justin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I didn't want to put you on the spot with too many things, Josh, but I, I do remember when, you started getting prepared to take the lessons again and, and to be rebaptized. And, uh, I was there for some of those. And I, I remember, uh, you might remember this too. Um, the first, I think the first lesson, actually, you and I talked at the end and just said, what are you doing this for? Like what, oh, what brought you right. here? Yeah. You remember what you said? Uh, I don't remember what I said. I just remember, I, I totally forgot it that I had asked the missionaries to, yeah start the the um new member lessons with me all over again to start from square one yeah. i can't remember what i said i remember the conversation i can't do you remember i'm assuming i, you I do, do. I, re, I, re, I remember um because it was it was a cool moment actually because you told me that you'd been thinking about your boys and and them growing up and you remembering now or, I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah yeah what do you remember um I, it, hopefully the same thing you're thinking i just i i want to be an example for them. I want to baptize them. Um, cause my dad did that for me and I missed out on two baby blessings. Um, because I didn't have 
the the priesthood to be able to do that. That's a huge. That was a really big realization for me, and uh, um, just still getting you know, my. I had friends and my dad to do the other ones, um, but I just I had to be. If I wanted my kids to grow up to be good, then I had to be to be the example for that. So it was a do as I do, not a you know just only do as I say. So was that what you were thinking of? Yeah, yeah, I was, and I you already answered the other question I was going to have, which is the role of family in this whole process. Mm. Yeah, I would say Reagan is probably. Um, the I'm not going to say the only reason that I'm back in church and still doing, you know, every, just like everything in general in life uh, correctly. Uh, but she is. She's. Yeah, she is the only person. She, yeah, she definitely uh, um, grounded me a lot. Yeah. She was like, uh, you got to figure it out. She, I don't think she'd ever leave me, mostly because I think we made a joke about it the other day. Um, we wouldn't want to have to take turns taking care of the kids by ourselves oh my gosh i had the same conversation with my yeah. coworkers today i yeah. was like even if i hated hillary's guts i'm still sticking with her because i'm yep. not doing the single parenting stuff things. No. single parenting stuff stinks. yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah she's definitely been the pretty much the main reason as to why i am you know got my life back on track so and it's not like i was doing anything super crazy you know yeah. i wasn't like snorting cocaine or anything on the sidelines but you know just it was it was definitely going to head in that direction she was like how about we go this way yeah. to the happier way? <laughs> yeah, I remember that day of your baptism. It was just amazing to see that. I didn't know all the story behind it, but mm. it was just, I really liked it. I don't know. I just felt the spirit with me while I watched it happen. I, I Thanks. I did too. It was, it was a big deal. I couldn't see a lot. I didn't have my glasses on. I did that on purpose, but it was... Um, it was important for sure. Yeah, I agree, Levi. And I think what you said is pretty neat that somebody who didn't know everything that was going on, you can feel the spirit and you knew that something special and important was happening that day, even without getting the full context. And I, I feel like some, anybody would feel that being there out. Well, guys, what else do we want to talk about today? Well, you did. I appreciated this conversation. It's been awesome. Yeah. You've had a lot of uh, truth bombs. Some, sounds like you're a, you're a very authentic person. Like you want, like you see what you get kind of a guy. Yeah. Would you say, would you describe would yourself that. that way? Sometimes yeah. I, yeah, I try to, cause it, that was what, that was one of the things I learned. I guess that's a life lesson I can add. I don't, uh, trying to fake it till you make it type thing, but continuing to fake it and never making it. That's stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. just better to just be yourself. But, um, my sarcasm gets extremely out of hand. <laughs> and so one of the, my things I've been working is to, back off from that because that makes it so people can't actually see uh yeah who you really are and so you know because they're always guessing which is kind of the point of sarcasm but you know it's not that's that's good for something i guess maybe like a close friend or like maybe reagan 
every once in a while, even though she hates it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I, it's, it's easier to just lay it all out there sometimes and just be genuine. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I, I try to be the same. I, I like that in your story, it, that is kind of what led you to want to make these positive changes. Like you didn't want to be the, uh, the guy who attends church, but doesn't really participate. Otherwise mm, you yeah. wanted to be like all in either. I'm going to do nothing or I'm going to do everything. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, that's, that's kind of the impression I'm getting from. Oh me. yeah. Well, and that's how I do everything. Unfortunately. Sometimes to Reagan's, <laughs> Reagan's issue. I just bought a mountain bike a little while ago and I'm like, I got to get back in this all in. And she's like, we're about to have a baby. I was like, well, you picked a wrong time to let me buy a mountain bike. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, all in. And honestly, that's the only way to do it. Like with the 12 step program I've gone through, you can't just pick and choose and you can't do one step and then just be like, okay, I'm good now. And once you get to 12, you start over again. Mm-hmm. And so you got to be all in on that stuff or mm. else it doesn't actually take an effect and change in your life at all. Um, it can do a little bit and you can look and white knuckle it, but unless you actually go hundred percent. Yeah. It's not going to last for very long. Yeah. All in or just do nothing. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Which means you're going snowboarding this weekend, right? But but, but Levi, don't do nothing. We were just talking about going (laughs) snowboarding with Jordan moon this weekend. And he said he wasn't going to go, but you'll go, right? Yeah. Okay. There you go. All in. All in. There we go. Yeah. You were choosing (laughs) doing nothing. Now we're going all in. There you go. Report back. So this is a weird situation because I think I might be the least nerdy person at the table. It's possible. No. Is that possible? I don't know. Let's don't find, know. Let's find, how do we test oh. this? I did, well, What's your objective measure? Well, we need to play. first of all, the last time you were sitting at this table, you were playing Dungeons & Dragons and you that's, had a name, that's, Justin. That's true. My Dungeons & Dragons character is called Eugene the Mean Green Machine. It's <laughs> a mouthful, man. <laughs> Yep, and it's a then, dwarf cleric. And then Josh, we've gone through one major trilogy. We're going through a second now. Oh yeah, well, Lord of the Rings, all of all the. So we all went six. through all. We went through all the Lord of the Rings, right? Mm-hmm. And the Hobbit. Mm-hmm. I guess we're going through our third trilogy now because we're going yep. through the the Star Wars prequels. Oh yeah, what, plus extra. So what? What's what's the best trilogy if we're talking in the fantasy realm? Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, Return of the King. That's it. Hands down. Have you read those books? Oh, yeah. I'll fight you if you tell me that they're not good. <laughs> yeah. Those are the best, hands down. Like, I like them, but I think The Hobbit's better. Did you read... Uh, um, all right. <laughs> all right. All right. Story. Ignore that. Did you, did you read Cimmerillion, too? Levi, it's yes. time for bed. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the Cimmerillion is a tough read. Cimmerillion's I, like Old Testament. I don't know. That's yeah, kind of, huh? It's so and so whole, we got... Anyway, here's another person we're going to introduce. Genealogy, and then you get into the creation. I mean, that's what he took it all from anyways. Him and C.S. Lewis are really good friends. So they, they, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. C.S. Lewis is a little bit more direct about it, but... Yeah. What do you what do you think, Justin? Is that the best fantasy trilogy? Or? I I like Lord of the Rings. I oh, love it. And ouch. I think it's great as I'm a glad you're, foundation. I'm glad you're this far away, yeah, I don't know, right? Yeah. No, but I had a problem with Fellowship of the Ring because the pacing is just so terrible. Like this like they do really cool, fun, exciting things, 
Like they're in Mines of Moria, escaping the goblins, and that's great and fun. And then it's the elf stuff. And then, like, then there's the elf stuff. Oh my gosh! And it just slows so yep. way down. I was just talking to my coworkers about this today. I was, I was on a tirade, and nobody cared. So I'm glad that you guys yeah, I don't actually. Care <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, so anyway. the only the only thing I will agree is that he is very long winded, and when you get into the two towers, and he spends almost three pages talking about how the way Treebeard looks. Yes. I skip that every time. <laughs> it's it's good the first time you read it to get a mental yeah. picture, but he Tolkien is was a very long winded. Oh, he man. could describe a lot of stuff. Yeah, so like they're in the they're in the woods of Lorien, right, with the mm-hmm. wood elves, and they're there for like weeks at a time. Is oh what, yeah, is what the book says. So, and that during those weeks, they're talking about the food, the songs, the poems, the culture, the history of all the elves, and I was like, okay, but. We still have this ring thing that we need to destroy. Yeah, I it was like so the can we doom get to of that? All mankind? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> that would so, be a very elf-like thing to make it all about them, though. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, the elves are the hippies in Lord yeah, of the Rings. That's true. I, that's true. They're like, let me go to the forest, leave me alone, let me grow my hair out. Yeah. Yeah. We're the- so yeah, and the, so the fellowships like finally gets the gumption to get out of the forest. And in the books, it doesn't show this in the movies. This is my this is my soapbox. In the movies, it doesn't show this, but in the books. They're on the boats. They're going down the river. They get halfway out of there. And then here comes Galadriel and her husband and this boat that's shaped like a swan. And they've got more songs and more poetry. <laughs> they don't stop. And, yeah, and we going. still can't get the the ring across the river. So yeah. they're like, you can't stay. But wait. But wait. Yeah. Let's it's like Southern hospitality. Yeah. They'll, they'll walk you talking out to your driveway, to your yes. car, and like expect you to roll your window down and and continue a conversation as you drive away. <laughs> yeah, it's like they just can't help themselves but talk about themselves. Yeah. Uh, I mean they're like hundreds was, of years old. They haven't seen anybody in like, years. Yeah, that oh, is yeah. true. Yeah, they're they're like they're like a mom that's trapped at home with their kids. They're like For yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, that, that was my only beef with Lord of the Rings. It's just well, a little bit the of best, a pacing. What's the best fantasy trilogy then? I don't. Well, I don't know about trilogy, but I am a huge Brandon Sanderson fan. That guy's awesome, and I absolutely love the Stormlight Archives, and by far my absolute favorite. Wait, series. wait, somebody else was. Oh, Jared Barina was talking to me yeah. about that. Yeah, I haven't read that series yet, but it's. Oh, it's I've, it's I've, incredible! My, yeah, my wait is this my the one that the books it. are like a thousand pages long? Though? Yes, they're oh very long. Dang it! He but helped, he like, helped finish uh, what the it? Robert Jordan yeah, uh, Wheel helped, of Time? Yeah, yeah, he did it with like the last two. So, well, yeah. like, if I read this book, am I going to be just super bored going through a thousand pages? No, it's it's really good. There's like three or four different storylines all happening at the same time, He's and, got they, good and they interweave. Pacing's amazing. Yeah. Unlike Lord of the Rings, I'm sorry. I do love Lord of the Rings, but the pacing was just off for me. Yeah. Anyway. It was an old dude in the library. Of course it's going to be slow. (laughs) That's that's true. Good point. Good point. He's not dealing with our 21st century ADHD culture. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, Dad. I think you're more nerdy than me. Than you? Maybe than you. I don't know. To be fair, I am a band kid, though. You are a band kid. I was never a band kid. I think he won. Oh, I was a band kid, too. (laughs) Yeah. Oh. Oh, the Justin. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I played saxophone. I played tuba oh. and bass. Oh, so what, what's what's more nerdy, tuba and bass or saxophone? Tuba, tuba. You think tuba is more nerdy because that was the only instrument that would fit you, right? Yeah. <laughs> My Reagan's Reagan's uh, cousin, same thing. He's like a little bit bigger than you, Levi. And the only reason he played tuba is because um, 
they were like, you can carry that. Yeah. You're the only person in this grade that can carry I, that. And then they had to get an adult tuba. I played <laughs> baritone saxophone. That goes all the way down to the oh my floor. Gosh. I yeah. sit by my friend who plays that. Yes. Yeah. It's amazing. It's Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun one. But uh, we were making this joke last night because we had this concert. And it's like um, we were saying my band teachers. I played clarinet last year. Yeah. And I didn't like it because we got to these high notes and I just hated it. Yeah. But like, he's like, you should play tuba. And we were making this joke. That you don't have to worry like about the high all, notes anymore. He's like all hinder, uh from Harry Potter and just chooses your one for you. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't even get a choice. Yeah. 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 The- what house would you be in if you were in Harry Potter? Uh, Ravenclaw, probably. Total Ravenclaw vibes. Okay. What would you be in, Justin? I mean, that's cliche, but I am a Gryffindor. I've taken the test several times. Wait, wait. On Facebook? You have been? (laughs) Yeah. Really? On Pottermore. Do you guys ever cruise Pottermore? Wait, wait. You can take a test, though. Yeah, they have a test on there. It's like the official Pottermore test. Yeah. What are you? What house are you? Oh, I'm Slytherin. Slytherin? Just because I'm, yeah. My sarcasm would take me straight, straight there. <laughs> uh, the hat just couldn't handle yeah, it. No. <laughs> have you have you taken the uh, the American school? There's an American wizarding school. Oh, and uh, there's a test for that too. Oh, I haven't done that. Yeah. Okay. There's well, a gonna... she her or uh, J.K. Rowling wrote this whole history of the American school and the origin story oh. on on her website Pottermore. Yeah. And you can take the the quiz of which house you would be in in, really? in the American well, I'm school. Tell Reagan about I that. feel like on a good yeah. day I'm Gryffindor, but on a bad day I could go full Hufflepuff. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, What's, the whole point of being Hufflepuff is you don't go full anything. Well, I feel like <laughs> hence the back and forth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. No, there's there's some days where I feel like I was a total Hufflepuff today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You you know what that means just by saying it. You know what that yeah, means. Yeah, yeah. I think there's some gospel parallels in Lord of the Rings. I mean, it's they're pretty pretty easy to find. Are there any that you like? Yeah. Um, you had actually asked me this. You're like, just just letting you know, I'm going to ask you some good thing. I know about all this already. Yeah. Um. So in C C S Lewis, there was like direct allusion to. Christianity, you know, yeah. there's Aslan that was oh, Jesus yeah. and the sacrificing and the the resurrection. And Lord of the Rings, it's it's less like you know direct. This character's this. This character's that. Yeah. Um, there's like a trifecta of people. Yeah, there's not as much like not everybody's a um, you know a type, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of principles and morals that are woven into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like the my favorite, and it happens between. Um, between Frodo a little bit, um, uh, but like Boromir, when he tries to take the ring, there's like a redemption arc between, you know, there you can see what happens when you do good with Boromir and he saves uh, Merry and Pippin from the, for, oh, well, he tries, you know, he, he slows him down at least a little bit, you know, um, he gets riddled full of arrows and dies, but he redeems himself and Aragorn's there to make sure that he, you know, he knows that he did. And then there's the Gollum arc where he turns good for a little bit, helps Frodo get the ring to Mount Doom to destroy it, and then flips the tables and does the wrong thing. So there's two good stories there. You can do what's good all the way to the end and fix yourself, and you're going to be redeemed. Or you can give in to the natural man at the end 
you know, pansy out and you get, you get melted in a pool of lava. Oh, <laughs> that, that's, that's good. That's yeah. deep. But then there's, you know, there's Frodo who could yeah. technically be Christ because he volunteered to take the ring. Um, and then he had his, you know, fellowship disciples. They took the, on the, the burdens of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that followed him, you know, and then there's Gandalf who died and sacrificed himself. So I think Tolkien was a little bit more uh, kind of like, I'd say parable if that's a word. Yeah. You know, there's lots of ways you can interpret most of the characters in there. He took um, like themes, like themes yes. of redemption mm-hmm. and applied yeah. it to several yeah. characters. Now, when you get into the weirder, like more like off stuff, like the other books, like Silmarillion, you get to like, yeah. you know, Melkor and all the other stuff and all the angels and, and, you know, quote gods or whatever. Then you get into more like direct representation yeah, of like creation. Do. Yeah, but you no, have to he, be a super nerd like everyone at this table. But yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've actually not read Cimmerillion. Oh well, uh, just assigned reading. Well, if you can read a thousand pages of Stormborn cloak, L- whatever. Listen, <laughs> listen to the Silmarillion. Don't read it. Listen to it. I'm, it's listen, way I'm listening. I watched. To Silmarillion I watched some hard. YouTube videos that summarize Cimmerillion, Ooh, and even that's actually better. Even the that West, was hard. Men of the West is great. He turned me on to that. Okay, it's okay. a good yeah. YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, Summarizing I, that is probably the safest thing you could ever do for yourself. <laughs> one of, that's, that's what I did. Yeah. One of my favorite themes in Lord of the Rings is that at the hour of redemption, when you're saved, things seem the bleakest sometimes. You know, you, you right. think about Helm's Deep, you think about when Frodo and Sam finally destroy the ring and they're just sitting there in a pit of lava pretty much and, and they're rescued by the eagles and I just think I always apply that to my own life because you you can often feel like you're doomed oh, and, yeah. and this is the end. Um, but this life really is a test and um, God is God is watching the whole time. He is there. Um, but it's it's intentional that we're meant to be tested and tried. Um, but when we need him the most, he's there. Mm-hmm. And he provides you with a companion, the Holy Ghost, which is Samwise Gamgee, because whether you whether Frodo wanted him there or not, he he was there. He was like, I'm gonna be yeah, here for oh you man. regardless. I'm gonna follow you around. I'll leave for a little bit, but I'll I'll come back and I'll, I'll help you. Like <laughs> yeah. no matter what. And I'll carry yeah. your burden when And he picked yeah. him up. Yeah, yeah he picked him absolutely. up the, by far that's the best friendship ever written. Oh, one hundred percent. Frodo and Sam. Absolutely. I have I have cried more times at the end of the return of the king yes than any other oh. movie titanic yes. whatever I agree. crappy girl movies i, out there. I have as well <laughs> like i'm with you there yeah. yes I the agree. ending <laughs> of return of the king is like you could not even have watched any of the oh, other movies yeah. and yes. you'll get emotional yes it's very very good absolutely I can't carry the ring, yeah. but I can carry, carry you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just gets you every time. Yep, every single time. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad that I'm glad last time we watched it, the lights were out because that was me too. Was oh, like, yeah, <laughs> I was. I was tired, but I was, yeah. yeah. I've got one analogy that okay. I really like from Lord of the Rings. Um, I like how you kind of touched on it earlier, but Frodo has this heavy burden and he's just feeling like sometimes he abandons Sam, but... Sam is always there for him, whether he knows it or not. Oh. I think that's, that's important. awesome. Which uh, which faction of Lord of the Rings would you would you join? Men, the dwarves, men. because I'm a man. Which 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 uh, kingdom of men? Which kingdom? Yeah. Um, honestly, I'd like to be uh, um, 
with uh, with Aragorn and his his group of people because they live for a long time. Oh, they do. Okay. Um, the Rangers or the Numenorians? Numenorians, yeah. okay. not the Rangers. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Numenorians would be now. Granted, there is a book that came out the fall of Numenor because they got too prideful and they, they did. died. <laughs> yeah. But that would be a. I'm all about the the Rohan life. Oh, I I always. Oh I, yeah. Yeah, it's got a almost like a Norse type feel to it. Just the cool warrior. Yeah. Oh yeah, they did that yeah. on purpose yeah. for all the artwork in the movie. Uh, yeah, the 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 men because I mean, first off, they came out on top. I mean, yes. obviously they're the ones that that carried on the rest of the. But they always were so concerned about helping. You know, they're selfish. But they were concerned. You know, Tolkien made sure to make to let everybody know that they were concerned about yeah. other people. You know, the elves they wanted themselves. The dwarves didn't want yeah. anything to do with anybody else. But the men were like, "We're going to stay out here and we're going to fight, whether anybody else is going to help us or not." Yeah. So I think I would want to be a dwarf because they're the coolest people in the Lord of the Rings fantasy world. You want to you want to get that dwarf bling? That's what you want. <laughs> yes. Or you could just get gems. smoked by a dragon. Yeah, that is true. In your favorite, apparently favorite trilogy, The Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> Don't die fighting, you know. Yeah. Or you'll just get kicked out of your home. Yeah. How old are you? Twelve. It's coming up. <laughs> I'm actually interested to see like what the ratings on because I can actually see a breakdown of how far people get in the podcast. They I probably, wonder if we're, we're like this, this is where everyone people, listened to fifty percent and then they just stopped. This is, this is where people start sliding off. <laughs> yeah, we have. Keister uh, uh, and I actually did talk about this. We're like, we should have another podcast where it's like you know, church after dark or something. Ooh, and we <laughs> and we talk. We have there's a separate thing. We so we you know we could talk about this other stuff if anybody is. Uh, interested yeah we should church after dark that's a great we should uh actually get that name uh if it's already if it's still available oh i'm sure we can uh, figure it out i'm pretty sure there's like five other podcasts named the connections so we're probably probably fine <laughs> yeah we don't need white space we're okay <laughs> i already got some backup names if if we go big and we have to change it yeah oh I like Church After Dark, though. We could. That is good. I like that. That's a good the second name. one. Yeah, that, that, that's compelling. Or we just call it Elders Quorum on a fast Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> we talk about everything and anything except the lesson, because yeah. <laughs> everybody's cranky. Yeah, that might that might be a little bit depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Fifth that, Sunday conversation. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if I'd uh, <laughs> click on that one. Yeah. <laughs> nope. All right, Levi, you've been our question asker for the for the end for the last few episodes. You want to do it? Yeah. We're back on track to questions again. Oh, Levi, you know the last question. I do. Yeah, let's let's do it. Okay, Josh. Oh man. What role has being a member of the Church of Jesus Christ uh had on your relationship with Jesus Christ? The for me it's kind of what we've been talking about, you know, the whole repentance process, you know, understanding that even though I you know, have messed up and made wrong choices, I've, the door to come back into the church has always been open. And that's my, that's my biggest thing that I've learned is that no matter, you know, it's, it, no matter what, and anybody and everybody has an opportunity to, to come back into the church and the, the relationship between, um, 
between Heavenly Father, Christ, um, my parents, um, pretty much anybody involved with this process has, you know, increased you know, tenfold. There's a, a book I've been I've read it a whole bunch of times, and I've been recommend people have told me to read it um, uh, about the atonement. Um, there's several books. Brad Wilcox talks about it a mm-hmm. little bit, and then um, oh shoot, what's the title? I think of that you, book? you have read the Infinite Atonement. Infinite Atonement. Yeah. That one. That one. That one's really really good. Utilizing the atonement. It's kind of like when it's kind of like when you have uh, really sore muscles and somebody gives you a massage, man, it hurts. But the next day you feel so much better. Um, and you can get up and go and do the things that you needed to do. So that's my relationship is just, there's a lot more trust and there's a lot more confidence in the atonement that Christ performed for us. That's the, 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 my confidence level in that and my testimony and my faith has gone up tremendously. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for coming on the show, Josh. Um, I like our spinoff podcast idea. Are you open to do it though? If, if we get some interest, are you, are you, are I'm, you committed I'm open, to a podcast? I'm committed to do anything that has All to right. deal with that. When it comes to D and D though, that's where I draw the line. I, I'm not, oh you guys can gosh. talk about it all day. I'm not part of that. Oh, guys, I forgot. We haven't mentioned Taylor Swift yet. Oh, yeah. What do you uh, think about Taylor Swift? She needs to stay out of politics. Okay. Are you going to go see, are you going to go watch her tour, Josh? Or No, no, um, I can just yeah. watch that on YouTube. Are you gonna, what do you think about Taylor Swift? Just I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, but because <laughs> Emily listened to this podcast, but I can't afford her tickets. No, there you go. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are they back up in price again? Oh, they're ridiculous. Yeah. Like hundreds, thousands. Oh, yeah. Lots. Nah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan, but it's just another blonde chick. You're okay. Well, just yeah, yeah. There's that too. Someday, <laughs> someday we'll get her to listen to the podcast, and she'll be flattered. Can't if wait, you guys. If you guys want this second podcast to happen, you should just come tell us the after dark. Yeah, you just want to stay up late. Yeah, it's not going to be after dark. It, I, I got to go to bed. Yeah, it's not literally. I mean, it is after dark right now. I will. Probably not study if I'm on the podcast, so I should probably not be on the After Dark podcast. No. All right. Let's see. We'll see if we get any feedback on the After Dark idea. All right. Goodbye. Have a good night. This episode of the Connection Podcast. We're on most podcast carriers, so please like and subscribe. The show's art is done by Joel Boreen, and the music is provided by Drew Boreen. We look forward to connecting to you next time. Until then, take care.